Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Pyro Light Podcast, episode 17. Today is Friday, November 6th, and we are heading into the midst of week 9. As always, you can check out the whole Pyromaniac Podcasts on iTunes, Spreaker, and Stitcher. And folks, if you dig us, take a minute or two, leave us a review. It's good karma for you, and it helps us spread the pyro goo to all the fantasy football fans out there. You just heard a little bit of the Jesus and Mary Chain, one of the bands that make me think of my youth. That was a head-on and tonight, on the other end of my computer, I've got the one and only D-Rex. How are you, brother man? What's going on, Mo? Nada. I am um, looking forward to this weekend. And <laughs> last night, the, the wife and I, Thursday night, uh, the wife and I had a little bit of a date night planned. We were going to catch up on some Walking Dead. You know, I've read all the comics. We haven't seen a few a few of the recent shows. And our our two daughters were, and I realize I'm speaking to probably a minority of our um, listening audience out there, but uh, our two daughters were, yeah, they were not sleeping well and things were going on. So in the midst of it all, I said, you know what, I'll go ahead, I'll, I'll lie down with Kaya, I'll go upstairs. And, you know, my wife was, oh, thanks, honey. So I was not only super husband, 
super dad to my daughter. And then, of course, as soon as we get in bed, I just pull out the NFL mobile app. And so I'm, you know, watching the football right in bed with her. And it worked out. It was quite wonderful. So uh, that That's you being a super pyromaniac as well. Yeah, I was like, hit it out of the park there. Every, everybody won with that one. <laughs> nice. And uh, speaking of that, and before we get into uh, last night's game, just to tell the folks out there where you can find more of our goo, you can follow me on Twitter, all letters, at PyromaniacMo, P-Y-R-O-M-A-N-I-A-C-M-O, and the rest of the crew is at Pyromaniac, that is P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one, A-C, and quickly, a word from our sponsor. Fantasy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com, America's favorite place to play daily fantasy sports. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments. You can play whenever you want. Just pick up your sport and draft your team. It's like a new season every time you play, so you're never stuck with the same old players. Over $1 billion has been won and given out this year at DraftKings.com, and you could be the next big winner. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter the promo code PYRO, P-Y-R-O. All new users to DraftKings will get a deposit matching bonus of up to 600 big ones. Plus, you get a free $3 game voucher. That's on DraftKings.com, promo code PYRO. And so, when I was watching on the NFL mobile app last night, the uh, Bengals beat the Browns 31 to 10. You know, it was a close game early on, you know, uh that real quick Bengals had some very creative play calls I thought we which we can get into if you like. Uh Eifert freaking lit it up three touchdowns. Uh but did you see the one really creative play where Dalton was in the pistol and he had a center, two guards, and that was it. And then there was three guys off to the right. There was three guys uh, off to the left. It was a really unique lineup. He gave a play fake. Uh, I believe it was to Hill. I think it was when he hit Eifert on one of his TDs. It was a. Uh, they were using some really creative setups and play calls. I thought, and uh, Dalton did well, and the whole team did well. Really, what what did you think of the game? I loved it. I thought I was really excited because. Uh, Johnny Football brought it out early. It was a great first half. I mean, in all honesty, it was, it was a yeah. great first half. And I was watching the NFL Network after the show, and I, I think Marshall, Marshall Falk and uh, Michael Irving just nailed it, flat out nailed it. When Coach Patine was going in at half, they interviewed him or asking about Johnny Football. Uh, Manziel was looking great out there. He was running around, but when he was running, that's when – the defense broke down and people became open, you know, when he was going out of the pocket. And the team at the end of the half was like, well, you know, we got to settle Johnny down and we got to keep him in the pocket and all this stuff. It's like after after the game, those guys, uh, Irving, were like, and and Falk were like, why would you do that? The only time that that Manziel's really breaking down offense and doing his thing is when he's running around. And it it was just so funny that – the way that Irvin's like, the writing's on the wall. They want him out. This is not this guy's coach. This coach's player. And it's just like, I just feel bad for Johnny. Just let the guy play the game. Stop trying to make him what he is or isn't. And I think he can be all right. Uh, at this point, if I was a team and I was going to let him do something, hey, I don't think he's going to be a superstar. But there's a lot of teams that need a quarterback. 
I think just let that guy be him the way teams like can be himself. And he's actually got a, a, an okay future. He's got to make better throws. But I was just pissed off that Patine was just trying to, like, let me – let me clip the balls on the guy that just had a great half and we're only down by three and that wasn't his fault. Well, that's where you got to ask yourself, where are the good coaches? What makes a good coach? Is it a guy that sticks with his game plan no matter what? No matter what kind of guys he has and if he thinks he needs a pocket passer, then by God, he's going to have a pocket passer and my system is going to work and it's just we got to take the time. Or is it a guy that recognizes the talent he has and adjusts his system to the guys he has? Because I heard uh, the the post-game talk, and they were absolutely right. That's when stuff was happening. In fact, Manziel had, it was like a 92 or a 93-yard scoring drive, longest of the season for the Browns, and big third-down conversions. And a lot of it came when the play broke down. He escaped. Uh, wide receivers kept running routes. They knew what to do, and he converted. He got it done, and I think they need to do more of that. Now, I don't know how long Manziel can survive doing that Agreed. or, you know, b before guys get game tape on him, but he needs to do more of that. They need to feature that in their offense, I think, not move away from it. Yeah, and I think, just so you know, anybody who's watched a lot of Browns football, and I have uh, this season, when McGowan's in there, and even on the games where he was lighting it up for those two or three in a row, there are a ton of dud plays. There is a t there are a ton of times where this guy looks like the worst quarterback in the league. So I don't care if his numbers were great or if he put up a couple. This guy, it's not like Johnny is is sitting behind uh, some stalwart at the position. McCown, it looks terrible a lot of the time, but he's got these garbage minutes and he puts up big points. So. Let's move on, but I think the Eifert, uh, we had some great on Twitter.com forward slash P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one A-C. We had some funny uh, Tyler Eifert nicknames, people uh, trying to get people to come up with some nicknames. Uh, it started with the Eifert Tower, uh, and then we had, uh, it dwindled all the way down to the last one by a, a guy that's a pyro pro, uh, Zach Attack. His was Eifert out of my McManus. <laughs> Which when you, when you look at the reading of McManus's name, it looks a lot different than how what I, how I just pronounced it. Not exactly sure what that is, but I'm pretty sure it's going to cost you five dollars in Mississippi. <laughs> you can get it on Fiverr. <laughs> uh, real quick before we move on, though, you know another guy on the same side of the ball with Manzel. He looked good in the beginning, first quarter. Crowell. Man, they were going to him a ton in the beginning, and he was running hard. He got up after a couple of them, you know, and said, keep feeding me the ball, keep feeding me the ball. And, you know, I think the game script got away from him. Um, you know, he finished. It didn't look so good if you're just chasing box scores, 13 touches, 64 uh, all-purpose yards. But he was running hard, and he looked good with it. Uh, still kind of a headache there. You know, David Johnson – Three rushes, zero yards, two receptions, uh, 38 yards, and a TD. Dwayne Bowe logged his first reception Yay. all year. <laughs> Somewhere over the Dwayne Bowe. But, uh, you know, Crowell surprised me. He he looked really good, I thought, for the first quarter. Game script got away from him. Absolutely agree. And that was right after Dog on our uh, Pyro Podcast Heavy had said, 
you know, he's just been, hasn't been even getting three carries, and they keep going back to him. And Dog kind of conceded or thought that they were going to start moving away and give uh, Duke more balls, but that didn't happen. And I think everything they say is right. He looked, uh, even the announcers, Nance was saying, uh, oh, wow, this guy looks like Ivory. He runs like Ivory. And so yeah. I think uh, good, good. Good trajectory for him after that game, which really did look like the best running um, that he had been doing all season in that first half. But again, what makes a bad coach? Whatever they did in the first half, it, they did none of it in the second half. And that's either Marvin uh, Lewis is a genius. I'm not ready to go there. Although I will say uh, <laughs> that he is the AFC. Well, there was what AFC North or West? Uh, what, what is what is Cincinnati? And I'm, I'm facing it. Um, I think they're North. Okay, AFC North. First head coach ever to go eight and zero in the AFC North. So that's pretty, and he, at, besides history. Belichick, he's he's I think the longest tenured yeah. guy. Yeah, and uh, he he's just got to see some production once they get to the uh, the post season. But uh, you know his players like him. He he's a good coach. I I, I like him as well. And you know what, uh, we're, folks, we're doing this late night. This is going to come at you much later than normal. I am out of. Uh, my school, so Val Verde. Nice. Buddy. I got to do one, and uh, yes, I uh, I've already had a few Val Verdes, so I realized I was uh, switching my Johnsons there, Duke and David. Uh, certainly the Duke, and it's probably not the last uh, Duke and David switch or last name switch I'm gonna have tonight. But we're just gonna keep rolling through it because I am drinking Shorts Brewery. Puma Lupa Licious IPA, right here from Michigan, nice and tasty from up north. I love it. Well, what I'll say is, long you can drink Valverde's in the show as long as you want, unless you call one of them Don Johnson, and then we're then it's then it's trouble. Then we got your minds on Miami Vice, and you're just thinking about Testarossa's tubs, hot broads, and on on Sunset Road or whatever Ocean Beach. Uh, so. There you have it. Tonight, I'm giving you a high five and a cheers on your Valverde. Um, I am always Valverde, and it's pretty much hand-in-hand. Hand. I think in the history of the 210 or so podcasts I've done, I think it's my third one with you. Uh, I think I've only Valverde it uh, about five times out of those over those. and That was probably because I was sick, had something important to do, or was mad at our crew, and I made us do it sober. But tonight, I'm doing Ballast Point Brewing Company out of San Diego, and I'm drinking Grapefruit Sculpin, India uh, Pale Ale with natural grapefruit flavors. Good times, 7% beer. Uh, real, uh, you, know, you know me, I like my fruity stuff. Well, let's go on. Yeah, I like the citrusy stuff. Uh, uh, that's good. The shoots, right? That's uh, the freshly squeezed. That's the, uh, the go-to for you. Absolutely. So let's get into uh, the Huey Lewis and the news and notes. Now, I'm going to list a bunch of them just for uh, some players out there that are definitely ruled out and then the guys that are uh, questionable. Um, certainly pyromaniacs out there, especially you pyro pros. Valverde and I are up early on Sunday. We are adding to the news feeds. If you got a guy that's out, if you've got a guy that's questionable, that is where you turn. You know, I I know what it's like to sift through all the stuff, all the minutia that is out there. And if you become a pyro pro, you just enter your players and baby, it gets sent to you and let us take care of it. We've got no lives. We will let you know who's active, who's inactive. 
And right now we got the Huey Lewis in the news and notes. And uh, as of Friday, November 6th, Leonard Hankerson, Atlanta, definitely out, which ups Julio a bit. And you know what? I'm I'm pouring out a bit of IPA for Stevie Fists. Uh, just uh, I love that guy, and I hope this is not his riding off into the sunset. I hope he reconsiders. But you know, still without Old Man Perriman, so that's gonna up their wide receivers. Somebody's got to step up. My goodness. Um, you know, and neither you, you said the Crockett and Tubbs, neither uh, Crockett Gilmore. Uh, nor Williams. I don't think they're on the injury report for a while, so that's a bit of a change. But uh, Aiken's got to step up. Marlon Brown's got to step up. Chris Givens, one of them, might be a nice DFS contrarian play uh, just because there's just no one left on Buffalo. Yeah. Harvin is still out, but Buffalo they are trotting out the most talent they've seen in a while. We've got Tyrod back. Watkins is saying he's going to be playing. Of course, he's technically questionable. Uh, Carlos Williams, probable. And right into Chicago, and I'm going to go right to my Chicago source on uh, on this one here. Forte, you know, he's doubtful, and I've heard all kinds of stuff. I'm thinking two weeks, three weeks maybe. Um, I'm hearing coaching staff say day-to-day, -day, a lot of heavy speculation. Uh, Langford, man, he was one of the biggest pickups on ESPN. He was the biggest ownership swing. Went from 2% last week to 77 this week. Of course, there's still sneaky deep league guys to consider. Uh, Kadeem Carey, and then, of course, there's last year's early season darling Anton Smith. Eddie Royal, questionable, did not practice Friday. That looks good for Alshon. You know, he looked fierce. Since he's been back, of course, he's going to be matched up against a formidable cornerback. Jason Verrett might catch some Verrett syndrome. Um, Jason Verrett's been, he's been got, though. He's started off great, but uh, the Verrett syndrome, not as contagious as it once was in the last two weeks. He's given up 183 yards and two touchdowns in that time. This could be a bit of a shootout game. They're playing San Diego. Uh, what are you hearing about some of the injuries there with uh, Forte? How long is he going to be out uh, with Royal? Is Alshon really going to step up? Is this going to be a shootout game against uh, Cutler's nemesis in Phillip Rivers? Well, the first thing I'll say, and I'll make it quickly on Cutler, is uh, and I'm a Cutler basher. I go to the games, and I lose my voice yelling his name and cursing his name. and I, I try and look around and make sure there's not young children that are in my section or too close to me. But good, good. earmuffs, yeah, earmuffs. earmuffs. I'm a dad, but I am a I'm a basher. But I'm gonna tell you right now, the guy's playing some of the best ball he has since he's been with us, and he's he's kind of he's kind of making me. It's not on him right now, uh, and who's who's benefiting from that? Obviously, an Alshon Jeffrey. Jeffrey can make the play when he doesn't have to play strong, or they don't really really uh, come over on the top too much on him and really clamp down with double coverage. Uh, but he can make the play. Cutler's putting the ball in the right spot, so I love what I'm seeing there. Here's the only thing I'll say about Forte. I'm reading all the same stuff you are. In Chicago, it's probably a worse place to get this information because there's so many talking heads that just want to put their own stamp on it. Twitterverse and the local beat writers, the way to listen on what's going to happen, and I agree with you. It's a two- to three-week thing, minimum, I think, uh, yeah. a minimum. And I think I agree. Langford, remember one thing. 
who knows what will happen. He might stink. and might not be able to get it done. They might not even really ask much of him. But he was the fastest running back in uh, the, the combine this year. This guy can break it. If they can sit and get uh, Unicorn the ball and keep opening up and getting that mid to long range game that they've got going on with uh, Alshon and Cutler right now, this guy has potential to really bust another one. If he can just get past that linebacker zone, this is a guy that's got the elusiveness and that flat out speed to take it to the house. So big in big scoring leagues and um, you know potent long touchdown stuff. This guy is people are licking their chops right now. In Langford. Yeah, Langford. Uh, we might talk a little bit about this later when we get to the DFS. Only 4000 on DraftKings, which is a tasty price for a guy who could get a lot of carries. Facing, of course, San Diego um, in standard league. San Diego is giving up the second most fantasy points to running backs. So Langford could be super interesting. And in the last two weeks, since Alshon has returned, wide receiver targets, this is coming from four for four. They've got a lot of great stats. Alshon leads all wide receivers in team targets in weeks seven and eight. He's getting, I mean, not that there's, I mean, you got Wilson, you know, uh, but for wide receivers, not that there's too many other guys there, but 45.5% of team targets is going to Alshon Jeffries. There's only three guys total that are getting over 40% in the last three weeks. So this is a high, high over-under game. A uh, lot of points to be had. I could easily see this be a bit of a shootout. Uh, lots of nice choices to pick up off the waiver wire. Of course, most of those are gone, but DFS, nice, nice plays. And you know what? Anton Smith is, is not bad. Uh, we just haven't seen it yet. Um, I, I'm not saying rush out there. By all means, guys, don't overmanage your leagues when we talk about guys. Please don't rush out. I've seen so many people overmanaging. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're giving you advice. And if it comes down to a guy that is not cutting it and if it's coming down to a guy that you can afford to lose we've got some pickup options for you and man there's some decent choices uh, on Chicago there's some decent choices on San Diego and we're going to get to that here real soon too Dallas of course Romo everybody's been waiting on him this cat uh, was slated to throw for the first time I believe today in practice so things trending the right direction of course uh the dude with the worst smelling underwear in the nfl has been waived by the cowboys that of course is joseph randall um cleared waivers nobody picked him up so he is now and he's uh officially he's not gonna get picked up he's officially no longer a professional football player at the uh, yeah. at the nfl level i'm not saying he nobody... can't go somewhere else but um, I don't think anyone's going to deal with that. I, when you got Jerry Jones saying, oh, we just want to help the person, you really start to think uh, it's, it's, it's looking a lot more like this is a Titus Young uh, type of uh, health issue. Um, and and I'm, not, I'm not saying it in jest. It's just honest. But no one wants to deal with this. So he's going to be out of the league. Um, and another guy, I don't know if you saw, not to be a negative Nelly here, but uh, what's his name? Uh, Hardy. 
He should be out. Oh, yeah. yeah. I saw that. Edgerton Terrible today. stuff. Oh, yeah. Yes. Let's not dwell on that. But that guy, I agree. Uh, not all that often, to be honest, but I agree with Terry Bradshaw. Uh, if you do this, if you hit a woman, uh, you shouldn't be allowed back in the league. And then you see pictures like that and the way he's acted this year and even some of the sexist comments he's made towards Brady and his wife. And just in yeah. general, he does not get it. When you've got uh, Brandon Marshall, who's kind of cleaned up his act in some ways, but it still is, uh, has some residue effects of his nuttiness, he's calling you out and saying you're not getting it. Uh, there's there's just no question about it that Hardy needs to – I bet you – I didn't read it, but I know that James uh, Jerry Jones actually just released a statement. So I haven't read it. So while you're doing your next batch, I'll actually pull it up and read it. I don't know if it's saying, hey, we're going to get rid of this guy or we're still behind him. But that was, uh, you know, just short of the Ray Rice seeing it firsthand. If that's what this guy can unleash on a woman, then he, he has no place in an NFL locker room. Yeah, and how about the difference between the pariah that Ray Rice became versus this guy? He it, He seems to get... Hardy's been getting a pass, and everybody's been kind of looking the other way. And um, while, while you're looking that up, there is just tons of news about this guy. He is he's just uh, one step below human. I think Dante has a level of hell reserved for uh, people like Greg Hardy. Moving on, Detroit Megatron. This is just questionable. Uh, likely that's a precautionary call. You know what? Going back – to the future, just because it's been in the news and back a little bit. I, I'm, this makes me a little bit happy, though. Joseph Randall did, you know, we said get waived. Uh, the word I guess I'm looking for, after no one picks you up off waivers, I guess you just become a free agent, It is what I guess I was stumbling over there. But I did trade Joseph Randall after he had his big week for John Brown, and John Brown's blown up ever since, and now JR is, uh, I don't know, panhandling on the side of the street, so I'm patting myself on the back over that one. Green Bay, we got Ty Monty, listed as questionable, but the beat writers are using words like optimistic, which I saw a couple times when he's returning kicks. But you know what, guys? If he goes, I mean... Technically, he's the fourth receiver. They've got Cobb, they've got Adams, they've got J.J. I know Monty was getting a lot of snaps while the injury bug was biting Green Bay. I uh, just don't see it unless that happens again. It just Cobb, Adams, J.J., too many, too many mouths to feed there. Houston, uh, you know, I'm personally still mourning Arian Foster. Uh, Cecil Shorts listed as questionable. Moving on down, Vincent Jackson, you know, he's out. That's going to hopefully bump up Evans, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, I like the ASJ there call as well. I'm going to talk about him a bit later. Indy, T.Y. Hilton did not practice <laughs> listed as questionable. Dorsett is out. So I'm going to talk some more Indy wide receivers. Hints, hints, coming at Moncrief. I realize who they're playing. But I got some stats that may help a few folks out, and there's just going to be opportunities, especially T.Y. Did not practice today, and to me, that is always a telltale sign of not playing come weekend. San Fran, good gracious. Woody Guthrie needs to just come back from the grave and write a, a working man dead song about San Francisco. Uh, Bush. He's done for the season. Hyde, 
He's day-to-day and questionable. Even the Garrett, the Garrett Selleck second tight end is questionable. Bolden has just been downgraded within the last few hours to doubtful. Uh, running back Mike Davis, doubtful. You know who they're trotting out? They've got Sean Drone, Kendall Gaskins, and Pierre Thomas. Here, folks, is another reason to start Atlanta, because dang, not only is Chandrone, Gaskins, and Pierre Thomas not striking fear into the hearts of any defensive players out there, but Gabbert is starting, a man who has as many INTs as TDs, that's the guy under center, I'm liking Atlanta as a nice defense. Yeah, it's it's sad. The quick thing I'll say is just I'm in full support of anyone that says Jed York and the 49ers deserve this and what they're getting right now. I'm all for that. I'm a Niner fan. You know that. Um, just the fact the way they treated Jim Harbaugh and what he was able to pull off, and I think it was just a, obviously a terrible, one of the worst off seasons ever for a franchise. But they just really thought they were hot shots. New stadium came around. They just kind of bought into their own press and thought this thing was going to never end. And the way they've handled the whole situation, that what they're going through right now is uh, – you did it to yourself, it, as Tom York of uh, Radiohead has, has sung to us before. If I could play devil's advocate, though, being in a Motown man, in Grand Rapids on the other side of the state, but Michigan, we've got uh, Harbaugh now at the U of M. I'm a Notre Dame fan, as many of you know, Golden Domer, but I, I see a lot, I get a lot of the press. Did Harbaugh do it to himself there? Because he is a bit, he's got a bit of a Napoleon complex, a bit of a dictator. Uh, some of the guys, you know, he's the type of coach that comes in and they love him, love him first couple seasons. But after a while, his show, his attitude starts to wear thin on people. It clearly was wearing thin on the administration and the GM. Uh, was wearing thin on some of the players. So did Harbaugh bring that on himself, or is that just part of being a coach of his caliber? Absolutely brought it on himself to some degree, but I think it comes down if he had continued to keep winning the way he was uh, early, you know, going to the Super Bowl and being in those, I mean, God, who would, who knows what would have happened if, uh, if that one kid didn't fumble the two or uh, punt returns the year before they went to the Super Bowl. Um, I'm spacing the kid's name right now, but uh, wide, little wide receiver number 10. I think at the end of the day, a coach that's going to be successful has to have that kind of approach. If Bill, Belichick is the same way, the, the players think they don't hate hate him if they were losing. You think that if he was fired in two years on his way out the door, that half the team wouldn't be like, I hate the guy, he's a dick. But those are the only ones, that's the only way that you really get the max out of these uh, football players. You've got to have your way, and it's going to rub people the wrong way, but What's better, being a player's coach and having everyone take advantage of you? I, I don't know. There's no question. Harbaugh is a butthole, and he rubs people the wrong way. But I think you have to have that leader that does say, I'm sticking my nose out. And he is a player. People love him. He's got that energy and that passion that people galvanize around. But uh, at the end of the day, I think it comes down to wins and losses. And they weren't winning. And if, I think if anyone in the 49ers situation could go back three years and see in the in the in the in the fall 
of the future of what would happen by them jettisoning uh, Harbaugh, they would have figured out a way to patch it out and let him run his show and do his thing, and he would still be the coach, and the team would be much better off, and not as many people would have retired. Well, like Harbaugh and some of the greats in my household, I freaking wear the pants, all right? Let me just tell you, I wear the pants. I make the decisions. Just, you know, promise not to tell my wife I said that. Just, <laughs> let's keep that between us. It's true, man. Uh, m- moving on to Jacksonville, they've got uh, Marquise Lee, this dude, always doubtful and questionable. He's officially doubtful right now, but that's going to bump up the Allens squared. I uh, got to like what those guys are doing. Miami. Uh, Parker, doubtful. Jordan Cameron, this cat's always on the, the the health status reports. He's questionable. New Orleans, you know, Kiri Robinson, uh, sad to see. It was a rough, rough injury. Uh, he's out for the season. New England, uh, you never really know with a New England health status report. Julian Edelman listed questionable, but I'm not really sweating that. Deion Lewis, who has been on the report all week, uh, had some pundits talking. He is recently, within the last couple of hours, I just checked this, he's been upgraded to probable. Don't sweat him either. Giants, man, last week I got into it with a little bit with Staggs. His, uh, t- his tight end call, I think, was uh, Richard Rodgers, and I was calling Donnell. He hated the Donnell call, but, uh, of course, I, I think he was forgetting we were just talking DFS. And I tell you, man, if Donnell wouldn't have gotten injured, Eli Manning, six touchdowns last week. You know, there's only two tight ends that have more red zone targets than Donnell. I got to believe he would have had a piece of that action. Yeah. Can I do my best stag party on uh, Pyro Podcast Light when he disagrees with you? Oh, no. I couldn't disagree more. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we we have some heated arguments, and man, that's why we bring all sides to the table for the folks out there. But uh, nothing like the professionalism that we can display sometimes, especially once we get into a few Valverdes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Reuben Randall, he is questionable. Valverde. Boy, I tell you what. I, these podcasts go so much smoother. I like them a lot better when, when I can crack some Valverde's as opposed to chocolate milk. <laughs> I was here Ruben Rand- ask you one question. On the podcast yeah, last weekend, did, while you were at school, did someone come into the office and was like talking and having a conversation at one point? Or was that just like a random kind of thing that I heard maybe outside my window? There was like something I heard in the last week's podcast, and I, I didn't know what it was. I was had a bunch of windows open. And I'm like, I wonder if Mo is sitting in the office at school right now, and like a couple of teachers just straggled in or having a conversation. Mo's like waving them out, like I'm on a podcast over here, and they're like, we don't really care. It's the teacher. There's, um, there's. So sometimes it's there's been announcements over the intercom, but I literally put on the door stickers that say. Uh, recording, doing a live webcam, because as educational, we're always updating our certification. We're always doing webcasts, and it's a common thing. So I I put recording, do not disturb. And yet every freaking time, 
some custodial person will come in and just, you know, start to vacuum. I'm try I'm doing my calisthenics waving, <laughs> trying to get their attention. So, yes, that's quite possible. That's, that is indeed what happened. Well, it's funny. We've, we've told the story a couple times, but I'll make it quick. But in my old previous residence, we would go down to this, like, public uh, poker room, so to speak. and had a TV, and we just, like, had a good table. We put our mic in there, and it was just good to get away. And I'm telling you, we put a sign on there out, out the window and out on the door, and people would read that. And people would – there's a pool table in the next room, and there's one time where someone all of a sudden was winging. Like, just the noise of pool. Someone's not playing pool. They're trying to make loud noises to be annoying because they were, came in and wanted to watch TV or something on this room. And it's a public room, and we put a sign saying, hey, we're recording the podcast. So just hearing these balls slamming off of the uh, pool table, all of a sudden, we, we, press, we press pause. Like, what the hell? And it's three of us. Three dudes. We all literally, like, walked out. And there's one dude throwing uh, – throwing – pool balls against other pool balls to make as much noise as he can to fuck with us. <laughs> and there's three of us, me, Houdini, and Dogmatica. He's cornered in a room. And we're looking at him, we're like, dude. And he just gave us this look and kind of walked out of the room and squeezed, squeezed by us. And it was one of those things where that guy almost got the Dogmatica treatment. We let him <laughs> go by. But it was like literally like three of us looking at him like, bro, you're being a douche right now. And he's just like, Oh, there's three guys in there, and they want to kick my ass. I'm out of here. But funny story. God, I remember it like we we were livid. And I used to, I lived in that building. I'd see that guy staring staring down for the next year and a half. Ebag. All right, sorry. Give give him the stink eye. Oh my god. Yeah. I tell you what, if Dog Manica can bench as much as his pyro character looks, as much as he can bench, dude could cause some serious damage. Dogs Popeye in a lot of ways. In other you know ways, what I love about olive oil, though. Let's be clear. <laughs> with the with the arms wiggling and, and shaking. Popeye. He's every character like that. on that whole show. He'll gladly buy uh, take a, a hamburger on Tuesday and pay you on Thursday. And he's Brutus or what? Bluto. What's the guy's name? Uh, he's every character on there. That's Dogmatica. So. A snapshot of him, every one of those people. That's it's perhaps one of the reason uh, Dewey's. I, I can no longer call him up and get some burgers from them anymore. Yes, perhaps. <laughs> Move, <laughs> moving back into the Huey Lewis news and the notes, the Jets boy filling out the injury report. I mean, guys, they might have ran out of red ink. Uh, Fitz and Gino both. Apparently probable. It looks like they're punting on surgery for Gino. You know, I've heard, or I'm sorry, surgery for Fitz. I've heard reports that he can hardly grasp anything with his left thumb, with his left hand. Uh, Coach Bowles said yesterday, though, that Fitz is going to start. Earlier on in the week, everybody was talking Gino's injury was less. Chances are it'd be Gino. Looking like it's going to be Fitz. Uh, I retweeted this earlier. This was from Manesh Mehta. Uh, he, he's a very good follow uh, if you're out there. He does a lot of New York uh, NFL news. Basically stated something to the effect that uh, Fitzpatrick one-handed is a better option than a two-handed Geno, and that's what they're rolling with. I did tweet that link out, but uh, boy, 
quarterback situation is a little worrisome. Of course, Brandon Marshall also questionable. The Eagles, uh, Aggie. Now, man, I had such high hopes for this cat, as did David D. Thomas, one of our beloved pyromaniac favorites. Uh, he's questionable, as is Ryan Matthews. I'm going to bring up Ryan Matthews a bit later. The good news, though, after last week's by Matthews, uh, indeed did get in a full practice today. You know, still need to be careful. It's a night game, Sunday night game, as they play the Cowboys. Pittsburgh, uh, D'Angelo Williams, he's a big pickup this week, of course. You know, I'm pouring out a little liquor for Arian Foster. I'm also pouring out a little liquor for Lev Bell. Because, man, I lost him in the Pyro League. Did not have Williams as my backup. I threw as much fab out as I could. He went for 68 bones. That is literally 68% of the fab budget. The cat that picked up D'Angelo Williams. Good for him. He's going he's gonna to tear it up. I, I hope I can rebound off of that one. You thinking uh, D'Angelo is going to be what we saw in the first two weeks? I, I do. I think he's going to be great. I mean, he's a he's going to be a top ten. Top, he's going to be a top. Give me a running back one or running back two option every week based on the matchups. No question about it. He looks great. I'm happy for him because it's been a, a rough four years for him um, or three years for him. And this is a guy that in his first few years in the league was he was like a first or second rounder on a regular basis and just put up some awesome stats. So, good guy, good follow on Facebook. Uh, I've told the story on the heavy uh, last couple weeks. Last week, my arch nemesis, a.k.a. one of my good friends, offered me a weird trade out of nowhere. He's got beast mode, and he asked me to trade Rawls for D'Angelo Williams and Javon Austin. And I was just looking at it, and I didn't want to borrow trouble. I'm a believer that midseason trading for the backup of my horse that I drafted my first-round pick on I just did not like the way that that would feel. I turned down the trade for no other reason than just, just I don't know. It's, it almost seemed like it was a fake trade, and he's always messing with you. And I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm just I'm not going to bring that bad karma. You and I are both karma. I driven, feel you on the karma driven for sure. Kind of guy. I'm like this feels like the wrong precedent. Okay, uh, hindsight. I I would wish I would have pressed yes because three days later, after pressing reject that trade. My guy goes down with a gruesome injury, and had I made it, that's pretty spectacular. And the fact is, I guess now, hopefully, my karma will replay itself, and I wish nothing bad on Beast Mode, but I have Rawls, and I kept Rawls, and Beast Mode looks like he's about a, a, another carry where he tries to take it an extra 10 yards away yep. from being done for the year. Yeah, you know, it's made me, I've never been big on handcuffing, not necessarily. Uh, I, I've handcuffed not necessarily guys that I own, but guys that I think are going to have great opportunities. One of the things we recommend at Pyro is certainly going back and metacognitively reflecting over your season, thinking about things you did, thinking about things you didn't. And this is one I'm going to be reconsidering next year, being perhaps more of a cautious player, backing up a guy, asking myself what if. You know, what if my number one running back does indeed go down? Do I have a backup plan? I, I just, I really didn't think it would happen. You know, early in the year, I was still kind of in the mindset that uh, D'Angelo wasn't all that good. We saw a very small slice of work two weeks. He looked great. It was really one week looked great. Uh, but in hindsight, uh, I'm going to perhaps be a bit more cautious with my handcuffs 
um, for invest a little bit more just to cover my butt going forward. Last couple guys that you need to be aware of, again, Pyro Pro, we will take care of you. Val and I with uh, updates coming on Sunday. We're going to give you the news feeds of who is officially out and who is officially started. Yet another reason to join. We've got San Diego. Both tight ends are questionable. Uh, San Diego's got a ton of dudes banged up. Uh, Twelve players left the field last week. And another reason I'm liking this game, which I'm going to continue to talk about, Six defensive guys are currently listed as questionable. So this Chicago-San Diego game could be one heck of a shootout. 49ers, you know I already talked about them. I'm loving Atlanta because they're just so banged up and brooded, uh, uh, banged up, battered, and bruised. There's some alliteration for you. Tampa Bay, V-Jax, one of my dogs, he's out. Wish he wasn't because he was doing all right. And ASJ. Guys, I'm going to say it. I think he's going to play. I've already picked him up. I've streamed him for my tight end. Listed as questionable. Got in limited practice all week except bada boom, bada bing. Today, full practice. As I said earlier, if a guy is limited or certainly no practice on Friday, I think that is a big indicator of no play Sunday. Guy goes from limited Wednesday, Thursday to full participant on Friday. I think he's going. So I'm I'm saying it now. Pick him up because he could have a great game. And I want to say one thing, and this is a big pyro uh, strategy as well. Is I picked him up in two leagues two weeks ago. I picked up uh, Watkins in one league two weeks ago and one, another league last week. Be looking and looking at our pickups piece and be talking to us and giving us those second opinions, asking us a direct question because you're a Pyro Pro member, or hit us up on Facebook with a question. We answer them there, and we are also doing it on, on Twitter here and there as well. People are asking us questions all the time. Foreshadowing. Pick the guy. Think ahead of the game. Try and think two weeks ahead and three weeks ahead. ASJ's first week of the season, he looked like he was going to be the number one tight end in all of football. Uh, all of a sudden, he gets banged up, and he's been down since. To be honest, Watkins said a terrible year, but when he's played there, he's gotten some targets uh, in the few games he's been happening. Be able to notice guys that are down. So many leagues you're in either have a short bench, or people just love tr dropping and picking up the latest guy for all those reasons that you were just talking about and always say, Mo, don't overmanage. Sometimes you yep. pick up the garbage that someone else drops, like a Watkins. I mean, come on, if this guy plays, let's say hopefully they ease him back in the next two weeks, and down the stretch, this guy, you were able to pick him up in week seven, it's 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 fool's gold. I picked up Deshaun Jackson. He's a headache, but I picked up Deshaun Jackson two weeks ago just because the other guy on my bench was like garbage and just holding up the spot. Look ahead. Look right now and think of guys that are on the waiver wire that could be coming back like an ASJ, we knew he was coming back right about now. If Romo's available in your league, I picked him up four weeks ago. Pick, pick up Romo now. If he's available in your league, he's going to be throwing the ball and playing within the next three or four weeks. That whole foreshadowing and thinking ahead when it comes to the wear of wire and pickups is literally gold. Pick up other people's trash, make it your treasure. People are just drop happy and they're trying to have fun and make, make moves. Make them pay for it. Absolutely. And I tweeted out 
Houdini's pickups piece earlier on this week, but like you say, another thing that people don't do is exactly what you're saying, is not only you grab the guys, but it's almost like after the waiver wires pass, everybody moves on for the next couple days. What you should be doing is seeing who was dropped, because so many people overmanage exactly like you're saying, and then scoop those cats. And another thing to think about is knowing how to use the tools. Your website, let's say you're on CBS or ESPN or you're on uh, RTS Sports, which used to be Fanball, or you're on Yahoo, whatever. Understand that when you're looking at pick pickups and available players at, at their position, one, be smart and go down to the position. Not overall, because it's going to be a bunch of quarterbacks at the top. Go to the position, but also don't be scared to go to page two, page three, because sometimes you'll find the gem there. You'll sit there. I found Watkins on page three of our Pyro yeah. League. If I, change the, if I don't change, go, the yeah, view. change the view, if I'm just sitting there looking at the first page, I'm not seeing a guy that was a you know top 10 pick and actually is, has a great quarterback now in Tyrod and has a good team and has a running game and all this stuff. If I'm not looking deep, so many people are just looking, who do they say? And here's the last thing I'll say. Those top guys at most of those sites are going and presenting you those players based on projections for this week. This yeah. week. You're look, what you're looking at for review is a projection in the far right column of how many points they're going to score for this week. What? Go on points on the season. Look at how many points that person scored on the season because then that will bump up a lot of people that uh, this site might think is out. So he's going to be on page five because it's a projection for this week. Again, Watkins, even on points on the season, would have been on page three because that's where I found him. But don't be scared to scour down. Because you'd be able to find talent. People just sit there and be like, oh, who they handing me? Who should I go for? That's not where you find the gems and win the championships. Go dig deep. Use the tools for your advantage. Look at who was dropped is another view you can take. But also, like you just said, Deshaun Jackson, uh, he is saying that he's going to go. He's saying now, of course, it's going to be Gruden and the doctors who are going to make a call. He's saying he's going to go. It's going to be his first game since week one, according to Jackson. Obviously, if your view is you know year-to-date points, you're not even going to see him. A lot of leagues are going to allow you to change your view to available free agents using last year's points. Then Deshaun's going to pop right up. That's another way. Again, change your view. Look through as many lenses as possible. It's, it's like that movie, uh, National Treasure, where they get the Benjamin Franklin glasses and sometimes you drop down the red lens and certain things pop out. Then you drop down the green lens. Other things pop out. You put them down together and then you see a whole new thing. Do the same exact view, analogy, when you're looking for your waiver wire pickups. Look at year-to-date points. Look at 2014 year-to-date points. Look at who was recently dropped. Look at teams. Look at multiple views. It all depends. Life, my friend, depends upon your vantage point. So does fantasy football. So true. Moving on. Last thing before we get into some uh, some of the deeper good stuff here. What do you think about the acquisition of Vernon Davis? Moving moving to Denver, another sign San Francisco's maybe waving the white flag. You know, I know you guys uh, discussed it a little bit, but they've got this three-headed monster now with Owen Daniels, uh, V. Green, and uh, Vernon Davis. Uh, yet to be determined. Obviously, it's, uh, it, it's better than it was a minute ago. Uh, I'd much rather have him with uh, Peyton Manning and on that 
team that's got a chance to be go to the Super Bowl than for him to be with Kaepernick and on that disgrace of a team. So it's great. But at the end of the day, he's an older guy. He might have lost a step. I think it's going to be good. Most people are able to pick him up, but it's it's 60-40. He's either going to be awesome or he's going to be mediocre. Uh, I, I just don't know. I, I don't right. know. Do, don't you feel kind of the same way? It's like, I do. I like I, taking you know, a chance on him because what's the worst you do if he if he's no better than Virgil Green and Virgil Green still gets a leg up and becomes the guy over the next few weeks? Amen. Uh, what did they lose? Not not that much. So, but at the same time, you know how this happens. Guys are rejuvenated. He had a tough. This is the one player on the Forty ers that even when they were in the Super Bowl, even when they were doing great. He was pouting because he wasn't a part of the action. He was like the one guy that wasn't really getting it. And he was a big name guy, big contract guy. But still, they're in the Super Bowl. And it's like basically that season, he did good in the playoffs. But that regular season, he was atrocious. So That's, That's where my head went first. Locker room problem guy. Well documented trouble with uh, Singletary, um, many um, positional positional coaches signs a contract, uh, signs a contract, and then 16 months later is holding out and like you know he's just he's just a headache. Uh, you know, yeah, 31 years old, diminishing talent. He arguably now is he was one of the big anti Kaepernick guys in the locker room that ended up dividing the locker room. So at, at first, that's where my head went. You know, that that's the type of player that this is. This isn't 20-whatever, 11, you know, blah, blah, blah. They're not getting anybody. But I did some looking. You know, most tight ends, single-season touchdowns, Gronk, 17 in 2011. Jimmy Graham, 16, 2013. In 2013, though, Vernon Davis, he had, I think, uh, 16, 2013, Vernon Davis, 2013, he had 13. He also had 13 in 2009. So it was not that long ago that Vernon Davis was right up there. Um, Antonio Gates, you know, 13, 2004, and look at how we look at him. Vernon Davis, he's had some really nice years, and it's not that long ago. And I've heard some things that the Denver locker room is really saying, hey, we got to do this now. This is Manning's time. The locker room is not down on the offense. The locker room only believes that the offense has nowhere to go but up. The locker room is talking about playoffs, Super Bowl. They've got the defense. Uh, I'm starting to look the other way, and I even dug a little bit deeper. Kubiak's had success with three tight end sets in the past. Owen Daniels, uh, Dreesen, Dressen, and uh, Garrett Graham ran with Kubiak and did well with them. So I I think Daniels can use a three tight end sense. And Daniels is like one of, or I'm sorry, Kubiak, excuse me. Kubiak is like one of those coaches that sees his players, realizes the hand he's dealt, and I think he can take advantage of them. It's been a little rocky with Peyton, but I think they're starting to get it figured out, and I think he can get it figured out with Vernon. Uh, I, I'm more optimistic than I was originally. So we're going to see, but I would take the gamble on it personally. Yeah, and the one thing, he's obviously got to learn the system. He's got to learn the offense. Yeah. I think he's a smart guy, so I don't think that's going to be too much of an issue. 
Uh, one thing to be looking forward to on his behalf is the fact that the Colts uh, allow a, a nice average of about 14 points or so to tight ends um, uh, over the over the past few weeks. So the trajectory for that position against the Colts is is a pretty good one. And let's be honest, whenever you acquire someone new, even if it doesn't last, whenever you kind of shake it up, and he, he, he super, he's certainly not a superstar now like he was um, before, but whenever whenever you bring out a new, you kind of want to use your new toy. So I could see, I could see him getting some some play and getting and them forcing the ball to him to say, hey, look at how smart we are. And you know, although he's 31, it's really not that long ago. 2013, like I said, 13 touchdowns, 850 yards, uh, 52 receptions, did it on 84 targets, uh, yards per target 10.1. He averaged 16.3. He had himself very nice season just a couple years ago. So he's not really over the hill, and with the mindset of that locker room it is a win now you know i saw a thing today that Vernon davis couldn't even sleep last night he's so excited for the change and i i think he is realizing the sands of time are quickly falling through the glass for him and uh not for long league the nfl could stand for for many of these guys absolutely there's no question about that guys are rejuvenated when they go from when they've tasted it, and then they go from garbage, and there's guys that never taste it, and all of a sudden get a piece of it. Uh, so that aspect uh, for a guy like this, hopefully he's been keeping his mind in shape and his body in shape, and he's ready to go learn the playbook and make some things happen. And if that's the case, when you've got this locker room that will hold him accountable, the, the, there's enough veterans and even guys before that were kind of this mental pain in the ass. Uh, you know, case in point, my Kansas boy, uh, with um with the D back uh, Tariq uh, what's his Tariq, uh, what's the D backs guy name? I can't put his face in it right now. Uh, for Denver. Uh, uh oh, Talib. Uh, sorry, thank you. Uh, yeah, Talib. So Talib. was three years ago. Talib was this same thing. Four years ago, the same thing. Maybe five years ago. Then he went to the Pat- Patriots. Kind of learned how a professional has to go on a team that wins. And then he split them, and he went over to another veteran-heavy, smart locker room, and he's he's not that guy anymore. So maybe that can happen with with uh, Vernon as well, where it's just like, all right, if you're going to be your self-endured, inward-searching uh, player, you're going to be gone pretty quickly because we don't need you that bad, and we didn't give up much to get you. Yeah, older team, uh, equipped to leave. He's uh, almost 30, 29 years old, Vernon Davis. 31 um, with with Manning there. You know, people have talked about how Manning just turns players around when they get there. They they didn't realize what a leader was until they met Peyton Manning. Uh, I I think I'm far more bullish than I was originally. I I really didn't think it was going to make much of a splash, and I'm really starting to reconsider. Once again, don't overmanage, but if you've got the room, if you've got the waiver wire space, or uh, if you got the the a guy in your league that's not really in your lineup and nor does he have any prospects to be, I'd take a flyer on. Uh, I really would. I think he could, I think he could do something. Look at some other guys. You could take a flyer on, you know, flex appeal. A lot of people, of course, big ones, 
Langford, I said, was the biggest swing of the week, going from, I believe, uh, it was less than 10% on ESPN. I'm not looking at my stat, but I know it went to 77%. Biggest swing was Langford. D'Angelo Williams, of course, was a big one. One that really surprised me, if you're looking for a guy, this is our flex appeal segment. If you're looking for a guy that you want to go out and grab, Ryan Matthews. He's available in a many a league. I was surprised for a guy in pyro standard scoring. He ranks number 21 right now. He isn't he is available in uh, 35, 36, 35% of ESPN leagues in NFL. It was a little bit more. I couldn't believe he was available in that many leagues. Usually we try to shoot for 50, but 35 up to 40 in some of these for Ryan Matthews. Man, you know, it's a small sample size, but since week three, he has averaged at least four yards per carry in every single game. He scored twice in the last three weeks. In that time, he's got 263 all-purpose yards. He's got 30 touches in the last three weeks, and he's got 38.3 fantasy points in that time. Now, I talked about this a long time ago, but fantasy points per touch, that can really give you some insight as to how a player is doing. He's averaging .78. That's fantastic. Just to give you a <laughs> got a double-edged sword here. Just to give you a frame of reference, but also just to show that I'm wearing my iHeart Justin Forsett underwear. He's currently number 12 in standard, and he's currently eighth in PPR. My boy Justin Forsett. He's averaging 0.52 a touch, and Ryan Matthews is 0.78, and he is available. Like I said, 35%, 34% of ESPN leagues. Um, I, I know I shoot for the 50%, but I was surprised that a guy who's rated as an RB2, 21, is owned in that low uh, of a percentage. So I think Ryan Matthews is a guy you can either pick up off the waiver wires or certainly trade for and be very, very happy about it. I agree. He's a nice flex grab, PPR grab. If you're looking for someone, he's going to be available in many a league as well. You know, it's just too hard to predict how many of these leagues that these guys are available in. But Jamison Crowder, he's going to have a great week, I think. Going up against the Pats, they've got two shaky corners in Justin Coleman and Logan Ryan. The Patriots have allowed second most yards per game, 67.5 to non-number one and non-number two wide receivers. Now, according to NumberFire, they are 10-point underdogs for their net-expected team total points. That means they are going to be passing more than Uncle Sherman passes gas on Thanksgiving dinner. They're going to have to pass to keep up with this. And I think Crowder, he's been getting a lot of targets. Um, since they've shaken up things down there, I think uh, he could be a really nice PPR play. Um, plus, you know, Deshaun Jackson, we'll see how he, he stands. You know, I know people are talking about Ryan Grant, but I think uh, Crowder is going to be the one who's going to be really benefiting 
off of Deshaun if he doesn't play. And Kirk Cousins, as I said, they shook things up. They they started with Cousins. I think he's getting into – he's feeling more comfortable getting into his own. Crowder could be a nice PPR play and available on many a waiver wire. Yes, sir. So something for Pyro Pros that uh, we put together this week, or Dogmatica did, which is great. He sent it to me uh, this morning, is the strength of schedule update. So we've got a strength of schedule update that's for the second half of the season. Uh, for every quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. And then on top of that, he did a fantasy playoffs chart for it to show you how certain teams' strength of schedule would sit and look uh, weeks 14 through 16. And then there's another chart on how they look if you're playing through week 17. Uh, and something that I'll say to piggyback on your Crowder call, one, this guy is elite talent, but he's another woman beater. That's where he, why he didn't get drafted. Uh, high, high, very very high. He was an elite talent, but at wide receiver strength of schedule in the fantasy playoffs, week 14, 15, and 16, Washington Redskins have the easiest schedule. I think he is the kind of guy that's going to be the volume guy with Cousins. Even when Deshaun comes back, I think it helps him. Pierre Garçon having an alright season, hit or miss, but I agree with you that Crowder is the volume guy um, in that offense, and they have the easiest schedule in those big weeks. Uh, just to go to, I'm not going to talk about the whole chart, but Washington's tied for 10th, easiest schedule for wide receiver for the remainder of the season. So that's week nine, game nine, week nine through week 16. So things are looking up for a Washington receiver, and uh, I like your call there for sure. I like it. And, and folks, keep in mind, we're talking about guys that you can most likely go grab off the waiver wires. Uh, if you really want to know how these guys rate, certainly become a Pyro Pro. You can see all of our rankings. Dog has been knocking it out of the freaking park on how accurate he is. But he is a guy, Crowder, who you can go out and grab, like I said, Matthews. Matthews has far higher ownership, but I was just surprised that a, a running back number two was owned in 34, uh, available in 34% of the leagues. Crowder much, much higher. And uh, my my other PPR pick owned in less than 75% of leagues. I believe this was on ESPN. My boy from way early on, uh, Theo Riddick. I remember even when Double uh, A, Amir Abdullah got drafted and you guys were kind of razzing me. That, oh, Riddick. And Staggs was giving me the business that Riddick can't run the ball. He has surprised many a folk for, uh, you know, how well he has done, especially catching the ball. And if we're talking about PPR prowess, uh, you know, the Lions, with Jim Bob's offense, I, I thought Abdullah was going to be the guy that was going to uh, get the bump and get the focus, but uh, Riddick continued to get the catches, and unfortunately they were going to Bell running it. But with that offense, they are going to have to throw because, good Lord, did they look atrocious last year. I felt like moving to Canada or whatever is south of us, Illinois, Indiana, something. But it was just horrific. But they're going to have to pass if they want to be in any game going forward. And Riddick is the guy that's going to be catching it coming out of the backfield. Like I said, 75%. I want to say that's ESPN leagues that I looked that up in. Uh, Fantastic awesome. guy. Stream 
team. I am a big believer in the streams, and as a Big Ben owner, I have had to stream quite a bit. One of the guys I picked up quite early on. Now, again, let me reiterate this with a lot of people. Uh, one, a guy I interviewed early on. Um, he's from Number Fire, J.J. Zacharyson. He does the late round QB. He does a fantastic job, far better than I on this. But he always talks about the idea is not to stream continuously, right? It's to catch a fish and get the hell out of the river. You want to catch a guy. Uh, in our Pyro League, for example, I was the last guy to take a quarterback. I took Carson Palmer. I'm done streaming, right? I don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> That's it. Uh, with, with Tyrod. In, in another league, I, I landed him. Now that he's back, I had to stream for a little bit while he was gone. But once I landed him, I'm good. That's what you're looking for. And now Tyrod is coming back. He is only owned in 55% of ESPN leagues, and he's facing a pretty porous Miami secondary. So he's a guy that you can go out and stream. Cutler, your boy, is uh, he's owned in less than 30% of leagues, which really surprised me. He got me through... I want to say two weeks I started him when Big Ben was out. I streamed. I think Big Ben was gone four weeks. I won three of the four. Two of them, I'm pretty sure, was with Cutler. Um, he hates Rivers. He hates him. I think it's going to uh, add to his game this week. Game script could easily turn into an Old West shootout. Over, under, I think it opened at 52. It is currently standing at 49.5. That's a lot of points. Chargers have allowed four different quarterbacks to put up at least 20 points, including two in the last two weeks. As mentioned earlier, they've got uh, the Chargers have six defensive guys currently listed as questionable. If you remember last week, 12 left with injury, 12 Charger players left with injury. And only one, <laughs> one of my favorite corners, Brandon Browner, I'm always giving the PFF references, only two cornerbacks have a worse ranking than Brandon Browner and I think Cutler's gonna pick on that dude all day long. What you thinking about Cutler for a streamer? I love it. I think there's some other another situation. I think uh Mariota's playing this week, I believe. Dogmatic has got him at sixteen and I think again with the new regime coming in, I just think they're gonna try and allow him to uh make some other things happen. I like the future of a Mariota and a Winston as streamers. Uh, Kirk Cousins is in that same boat. Uh, Sam Bradford is a guy that I think as much as he's been a terrible situation so far, um, I think down the stretch he's a guy that given the, the right matchup at the right moment could be uh, the right quarterback. Here's, here's another SOS from Dog. Second half of the season. That's games 9 through 16. This week, through the end of the regular, uh, of, of the second to last week, which is when you should have your championship, for obvious playoff implication reasons. At quarterback, the easiest schedule in the league, Philadelphia. Yeah, those are some nice picks. I, I like, I, I like those. Uh, Mariota, he's currently probable. So that is good. He's been very surprising. And Winston, he's been good, too. Last uh, two outings, I believe he's had yeah, 19 and 20. 
fantasy points. The dude has not had a single week where he's passed or, or accumulated less than 12 fantasy points. If you're looking for a streamer, that's not bad. He's facing, remember, the Giants, and if you remember way back to last week, uh, they gave up seven passing touchdowns to Drew Brees. So, James, both those calls, I really like, uh, especially the Winston call. I think that could uh, produce some fantasy goo for you. Agreed. But one thing I'll say about Mariota, he, I know he's a little banged up now, but I think they're going to have to let him run. Uh, Dog blew our minds on the, sh- on the show, on the heavy show on Tuesday, and said, how many rushes do you think Mariota has on the season? And it's 12. He's run the ball 12 times. It's unacceptable. I don't care what you're trying to do to save your, your quarterback or try and mold him like a patine and a Johnny Manziel. That guy needs to be running to keep the defense on their heels. And you just need the element of we, are, can, we can bring a multifaceted attack at you, even if it's just smoke and mirrors. Even if that guy's just going to do what basically Russell Wilson was doing his first years in the league, Every time he ran, he slid so early and stayed so out of trouble. It was just another dynamic to say, hey, okay, you don't think we're going to run? Guess what? We're going to run. And then all of a sudden, now you got to keep another linebacker in. You can't be uh, rushing a middle linebacker or an outside linebacker. you got to be honest. And I think they'll realize, and that's why Wiseman Hunt's gone, another guy that set his system and made it. It didn't matter who the cast characters were. You're going to work within what I've done before. Uh, I could see a lot of Mariota changing in the running aspect of his game uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah, and he's a smart runner like Wilson is too. Um, there was one thing that kind of worried me a little bit last night with Manziel. He he was looking over his shoulder a lot. He didn't exactly seem to have quite the awareness, I think, of a Wilson or a Mariota. Um, I wouldn't be nearly as worried, and I think Marietta should be running more. And that's a shocking fact that they're not utilizing that a, a bit more because that's just that's just cake, man. That's just icing on the cake when you're getting some QB rushing yards, and he's totally got the ability to do it. Let's get some icing on the liver. Valverde. Valverde. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, man. Shorts Brewery, Huma Luma. They are getting right up there with um, Centennial for me. They are. uh, Centennial is always my go to, but Shorts Brewery out of Bel Air, Michigan, is a fantastic little place. Uh, My wife and I went up there not too long ago. They just opened up a new brewery as well, but uh, we know the brewer there. He is fantastic. He's a great cat, and it's right along the lines of a, of a centennial. If you like hoppy beers, Huma Loompa Licious is for you. I like it. I like the Streaming. fact that they're having a Bel Air in, in Michigan, too. I can just imagine it. You're, it's like, there's there's Ro, is it Rodeo Drive-esque? Or is it like being down in West Palm Beach and you're on, uh, what was that, Worth Avenue? I just walk up there and rap. Like uh, the Fresh Prince. Oh, nice. When I get up there, nice. you know, because if you ask me, you know, I'm down with the 411, but, you know, parents just don't understand. Fair they enough. don't. They don't. You guys can't see this, but I'm doing the, the Carlton right now. 
and that is a fine, fine Carlton. Uh, like, uh, the world is a white tuxedo, and he is just an old pair of brown shoes. <laughs> Now, moving on back to streaming, we talked about some uh, Tyrod Cutler, a couple of the rookie QBs, Marietta and Winston, tight ends. I'm sticking with my ASJ call. Uh, I know he's banged up. I really think he's going to go um, own in less than 20% of leagues. That means, for those of you that don't have your abacus, he is available in 80% of leagues. Uh, he went full practice today, today, Friday. Uh, November 6th, when full practice today. Once upon a time, uh, I said if you climbed a mountain and asked a yogi some sage advice, he would give you such sage advice. Be kind to others. You will be uh, rewarded in the end. You will become a part of everything once all is said and done. Use the force, young Skywalker. And, by the way, start your tight ends against Oakland. Well, I think I said last week, he would also whisper, that includes Seattle. Now, this week, he's going to tell you as he pats you on the butt, that also includes the Giants, and that's who ASJ plays on the season in PPR leagues. Oakland, who is infamous for giving up points to opposing tight ends. Oakland is giving up 18.6 fantasy points to opposing tight ends. The Giants are giving up 19. 18.6 to the position. SOS, the SOS number one on the week. Yeah. it's The Giants are the new Oakland, and a lot of people aren't aware of it. Oakland just wears the label so well, and ASJ is a heck of a talent. It's going to be a close game. Vegas Books have this at uh, one of the 50-point games. It's got they've got it closer than a field goal. You know they're going to be passing points a plenty. It's at home for Winston and ASJ. And finally, Football Outsiders. No other defense is giving up more yards to opposing tight ends. Eighty-six point four, and that's going to be what ASJ faces in week one. He scored like I think twenty-nine points in my big money league. Twenty-nine points. Uh, think about FanDuel and DraftKings. DraftKings this week. He's $2,800. That guy is going to probably be on the million-dollar winner's team. I've got a couple of nice draft games calls coming up. I'm a little leery because I've got one that I literally think you and I could be having some boat drinks Let's go. next week Let's go. down in the Bahamas. Let's do it. Just send, send me the list. I'll, I'll put some down. I've got one. I've struggled the past couple of weeks, and you know, it's like I never get the right combination. There was one week where I had the first, the second, and the fourth scoring running backs, but it was one of the weeks where I think it was, I even tweeted it out. It was like uh, ODB and Julio were my lowest scoring wide receiver, or were my lowest scoring guys. If they would have just lived up to their, their norm, I, we would have been having boat drinks, my friend. <laughs> I love it. I think, uh, man, that, that that whole dynamic of the DFS. Let's move on. All right, so tight ends, ASJ, I think is going to go defense. You know, I, I picked this up for a streamer early on in the week. Uh, I'm not as confident now, but Minnesota Vikings, let me tell you the pros and why I, I looked at this right away because I needed a defensive streamer. Uh, my team was out on uh, Minnesota. 
owned in less than 20% of leagues on uh, according to NFL Fantasy. Lowest over-under of the week, 39.5 or 40, depending on which Vegas booking company you go with. The Rams' net expected team total, according to Numberfire, is the lowest of the week. No other team is expected to have a lower score, 18.25 for the Rams. Don't get me wrong. Gurley is a fantastic play. I like Gurley. I think that's all they've got. Foles only has one game with over 200 passing yards, and that was... Boy, I can't whistle. There we go. That was way back in week one. Foles only has one game where he scored more than one passing touchdown. The dude actually has two bagels. That is two bagels without a passing TD at all. Foles is averaging less than 276 yard, uh, 276 passing yards per game. But that's 35th in the league. Keep in mind there are 32 teams. Foles accuracy 58.8. That comes in at 39. If you count only guys with 50 attempts, he ranks 33rd in accuracy. Now, Minnesota's tied for ninth for the fewest points allowed in the NFL. Uh, Rams offensive line have given up 41 quarterback hits, ranks 11th in the NFL. Rams have scored 15 touchdowns. Uh, only four teams have scored fewer. Again, don't get me wrong. I think Gurley's a great play. I love Gurley. However, I think that's all they've got, and now I like Minnesota. Now, since I've posted this and since I've looked at it, Minnesota has a few guys that are banged up, which concerns me a little bit, but I, I still think they're a great stream team. Uh, there's Atlanta is by far a choice team. If they're out there, go ahead and grab them. I've said this before. When we talk about our streamers and our DFS picks, they can kind of go hand in hand. So it's not like it's one or the other, and I believe I'm going to talk about Atlanta coming up here real shortly. But uh, Minnesota playing against the Rams again. The big thing for me there is the Rams are the lowest. They're projected to have the lowest score of any NFL team. And Foles, he's just not getting it done. So I think Minnesota could capitalize on that. I think the one thing with Gurley, too, is the Vikings just have been against teams that somewhat have some offensive attack. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't have the number here, but I think they've, they've only allowed, like, the Chiefs, Lions, and the Bears their last few games. They like I, I think they've allowed under 200 yards to those three teams. Uh, I feel like Gurley gets 200 yards by himself each week. So it's going to be uh, – it's going to be interesting to see. I think Gurley is matchup proof, and and, yep. and they're gonna they're gonna keep on. He's gonna get a hundred yards, but it's uh it's gonna be his toughest battle over this this four game hundred yard streak. Well, I gotta tell you, Minnesota, uh, they they had that anomaly, uh, week one, which maybe the anomaly was more of San Francisco. That's when San Fran looked good. If you can remember way back then. Uh, Carlos Hyde put up 168 yards. Besides Hyde, they've only had one other running back put up over 100 yards against them. They've only had three touchdowns put up, rushing touchdowns put yeah. up against them. So they're kind of a sneaky D that not a lot of people are paying attention to or getting enough credit. Again, 
just because I'm I'm liking the Minnesota D doesn't mean I don't like Gurley. I think Gurley, like you said, matchup proof and he's a good play. I think he's their only play. And I think for the availability of Minnesota owned in less than twenty percent NFL fantasy, they're a great pickup and play. Um and, and and that's a smart call because I think people have these preconceived notions. Same thing happened with Atlanta Falcons, a team that I picked up I think in two leagues. Uh, two weeks ago and then last week. They're a top five defense this year, but you think of the Atlanta Falcons as being this ho-home, uh, let's let people pass and run on us, but it's just not the case anymore. The, uh, you know, the, the new offensive coach from over in Seattle came in and he's putting a tough nose defense together, and I feel the same way about what's happening with the Vikings. That's, it was, you know, Zimmer came, he's a defensive coordinator, under Marv over at, at Cincinnati, and while they had terrible defense uh, offenses, or you know, not terrible, they were getting to the playoffs four years in a row. But he was the guy that was that was running that that side of the ball. So have a short memory on what you think of as the preconceived notion of defensive-minded teams, and not because you know you get new guys in there that can really change a defense around pretty quickly. Short memory is not a thing I have a problem with, brother. Good, good, good. <laughs> the uh, two week, too early, two pickup. That is the two cubed. So, guys, you want to grab now that folks are going to be clamoring for in the future. Now, here, D Rex, I got a question here for you. So, let's just talk opportunity and hear me out before you answer. First off, as I said, I'm pouring out a little liquor for Stevie Fists because, you know, first and foremost, before we any of us started fantasy and watching all the game and DFS and all of that stuff, there was heart and soul and just hard charging, hard playing and guys that left it out on the line and, you know, fought for their brother on the field. And you know what? That's Stevie Fists, man. I, I love, love the way the guy played football. I only played high school football. Uh, I, I loved every minute of it. I still have dreams now, you know, playing uh, in the locker room. And the way he plays reminds me of the way I played and the way I loved it and, and what I fell in love with. And I, I really do hope that's not the last we've seen of him. It won't be. He's not He's not done. It's a, in all honesty, in some ways, it's it's he it's reincarnated him for a few more years, a couple more years. He's not, he's playing, he's not too, playing too good. But let's look at the residual effect. So he's out. They got Old Man Perriman, and I call him Old Man Perriman because if you go out and Google an image of this guy, he, he looks like he's panhandling under a street in San Francisco and has been doing it for like 40 years. He's got a receding He just looks like an old freaking dude. He got a receding hairline. Man, poor guy. And anyway, uh, I have a receiver airline, but I happen to be 20 years older than the guy. I know. He's right fresh out of college, and he, he looks like he's 38 years old or 40 years old. It's crazy. Go out and Google Perriman and, and just tell me he doesn't look like a 40-year-old man. Uh, but with the Stevie Fist's residual effect, we've got Perriman who hasn't shown up. I dropped him long ago. I, I was waiting and waiting and waiting. So really, what do we have here? We've got Kamara Aiken, um, Marlon Brown, 
Chris Givens. Those are the wide receivers they are trotting out. Just so you know, neither tight end is on the report. You talked about some Crockett and Tubbs. Crockett, uh, he's not on the report. So that that is a change. That's good for uh, the team. But let's look at Marlon Brown, Chris Givens, and Kamar Aiken. Who's going to be the guy to step up there? Aiken is owned in less than 30% of leagues. Now, would you rather have one of those cats due to the situation, or would you like to look to San Diego? Because they just lost a major, major player, and they've got um, Stevie Johnson or Michael Floyd. Who is going to be stepping in on San Diego? Who's going to be the one that... Uh, rises to the occasion for the loss of Keenan Allen. So are you buying on a San Diego wide receiver with the loss of Stevie Allen, or are you buying on a Baltimore receiver with the loss of Stevie Fists? Undeniably, I'm, I, and I did in, in one league. I don't want to talk about my leagues anymore, but Stevie Johnson, he started out hot. He was one of the biggest waiver wire guys week two there was. And I, I think he's a guy that has a lot of talent. He was able to do it on crap teams and then kind of fell off for a little bit. But this is a young guy who maybe this just happens with some Buffalo players. They just kind of don't get the tread, and they're able to kind of beat. I think he's the dude. There's just no question in my mind that Stevie Johnson is the dude. And, and, and I'll say uh, on San Diego, and I'll say that I think Woodhead obviously is, is very greatly helped by this Allen issue as well. Now on the flip side, I'm I'm literally looking. I swear to God, I, I I might be missing him. But I'm looking on Dogmatica's player rankings for Week Nine for wide receivers. Could be missing him because we're on a show and I'm kind of trying to blow through 90 guys. I don't see one wide receiver in the top 90 on that team. I don't see Bailey. Um, and that's fine. And I trust the guy. I'm not saying that it, it's all of them are healthy. I'm not saying that well, they won't get slotted in. But what I what that does show me the same way that I like a Woodhead, um, and I know we're talking about wide receivers, but the Woodhead for San Diego in this situation with the loss of uh, Allen, I like Buck Allen, uh, Javarius Allen for the Ravens. Now that Stevie Fist is gone, and yeah, you know maybe Gibbons is obviously the the first choice to be able to come in and do something. Aiken, I've tweeted before, uh, Kamar Aiken looks like Clay Aiken way too often. I, I just, I don't know. I, I think I kind of like the fact that, I kind of like Buck Allen out of the running back situation. Getting He's getting more action in the past few weeks, couple weeks. I could see him, like, but just dump it. Because, I don't know, that wide receiver core is as bad as it gets right now uh, for the Ravens. Well, certainly, I think if you're out there wanting to pick up somebody, you're going to look to the San Diego. Now, chances are one of the two are going to be owned, but I don't know if both are going to be owned. The dog, I believe, has both San Diego guys in the top uh, a 20, if, I, if I'm seeing this correctly. Yeah. But you're right, he uh, he's not liking the Baltimore guys, and... Somebody's got to step up. There's a huge hole to be filled. Now, I said both tight ends are healthy, so that could be one of the reasons why. But Marlon Brown looked 
talented a few times last year. I don't think he's been given the shot this year. And Aiken, he just inherited a number one role. Flacco hasn't been as much as we've thought we've seen. Uh, but there there could be something to be had here. If you're if you're you know two wins and you're looking for to make some shake up changes and you can't get yourself a bolt receiver, then I might look to one of the boys like Aiken or Marlon Brown or Chris Gibbons uh, in that order to see if they can't give you a boost. But uh, yeah, Stevie Stevie Johnson's I think going to be the biggest recipient, and then a Floyd. And uh, this week especially going to be a huge one. Another one this week going to be a huge one, I think. Nate Washington. Now, this keep in mind, folks, too weak, too early to pick up. So, again, if one of these Baltimore receivers hits big, next week it's, it's going to be too late. Someone's going to grab them. Same deal. Chances are uh, I looked. I was a little surprised. It's 40% chance that you can land – Johnson or Floyd, I kind of averaged the two, but I thought they'd be owned in far more, but owned in about 60% of leagues. So you can get Floyd and Johnson. Um, Nate Washington, he's another guy that he's on by. Thus, he is in this segment too weak, too early to pick up. Nate Washington, currently owned in less than 40% of ESPN leagues. Cecil Shorts has not played since week six, and everybody says New Hopkins. Of course, I understand. He is setting records. He's going to be the man. He draws the top cornerbacks week in, week out. Nate Washington, last two games, three touchdowns, 201 yards, and 22 targets. People are starting to spend so much attention and focus on Nuke. Washington is being left open, and he is getting the looks. He's getting a lot of targets, and I think he could have a decent game here. And, again, he could be a guy that people are looking to pick up next week because a lot of wide receivers have been going down. So we've got the two guys from Baltimore. we got the two guys from San Diego. Those are the ones I think we're, we're pushing the heaviest, but I think Nate Washington, not a bad call. Agreed. Quick thing, go back to the San Diego side with uh... – Stevie or a Floyd quarterback and in the fantasy playoffs quarterback and wide receivers during week 14, 15 and 16 ranked number two. So they've got the second easiest schedule rivers and any of the wide receivers on the uh, San Diego. So that helps a lot. Now to go to what, um, so, uh, you know, that's something to talk about there. Well, I'm going to definitely talk about Rivers. Um, I'm, I'm liking him a ton in our DFS. So Daily Fantasy Leagues, liking Rivers a lot. Now, if I had the money and I plugged in and I've, I've computed the numbers, I can definitely pull this off, and you can too. Tom Brady, all right. He's the most expensive cat on DraftKings at the quarterback position, but he is worth it. They've got an implied team total of 33 points. Now, here comes a stat that I think is fantastic. This is from 4 for 4's TJ Hernandez. Since the merger, there's only been 14 occasions where a team has had a higher implied team, to team point total than 33 points. That has only happened 
14 times. In those games, the average of those 14 teams that have been picked by Vegas to score 33 points, those teams have averaged 38. And that's what Brady, that's his team. He's picked to score 33. This is the revenge tour. He is worth every penny, even though he's the most expensive quarterback on DraftKings. Now, he's going up against Washington. Washington's corners, uh, all of them, all of them are banged up. They have four listed as questionable. That includes all three of their left corners. All three of their left corners. That's Culliver, uh, Hall, uh, Brashard Breeland, all of them. Um, they're banged up. Four total questionable corners, and Tom Brady is thrown against them. Again, Washington is currently um, one of the most banged-up secondaries out there facing a team that has an implied total of 33 led by Tom Brady. I think he is worth every penny. But if you cannot spend it on Brady, I think you got to go down to Rivers. Rivers is 6,900 on DraftKings. He's going against a hated Cutler. Rivers has the most passing yards in the league, 2,753. Basically tied with Tommy for most passing yards per game. Uh, they both have 344. Rivers has 348 attempts. That's the most in the league. Now here's the big one, guys. I always talk targets, touches, and looks, targets, touches, and looks. That's what you're looking for for wide receiver, running back, tight end. On a quarterback, give me accuracy any day of the week. Now, out of QBs that have tossed at least 100 balls, Rivers is the third most accurate, connecting on 70% of those pass attempts. That's a huge, huge factor. So not only does he have the numbers, he has the quantity, he's got the quality as well. I think Rivers is a great, great play. Now you combine that um, with the shares that you know Keenan Allen's out, I think he's going to spread it around. I, I'm not fearing the fact that Keenan Allen's out. I think Rivers is going to have his self a game i love it. any thoughts any thoughts there on my uh my two dfs plays either brady or rivers no i love it at the quarterback position i i i freaking love it for me uh i'm gonna i won't go as deep i like the jake cutlers we've talked about him a number of times in the show uh, and also uh I, i'm down with houdini's guy houdini in our dfs weekly piece he's all about eli manning uh, I just think that, you know, I just think that it could be a, it, against the Bucks. I think it's going to be a big scoring game. I think he's coming off. They're a little pissed. They lit it up, but he came on the short end of the stick on that one. I, I, I like that one a lot. Uh, Derek Carr, so I'm a big ride the hot hand kind of guy. So, and we're just, I'm just laying out quarterbacks right now, right? Yes, sir. Okay. If you got something else, go for it. No, for DFS. I'll, wait, I'll wait. I'll wait for you. If we're not moving on, I got more positional guys. So you, you got other. I'm ready to move on. All Those right. were my Derek two. Derek Carr, I like too. I like Derek Carr as well. I do. He's a he's a slinger, man. 
he'll, you know, he, he's got the attempts and he'll stand tough in the pocket and get it done. I like Derek Carr. I like that game script. I think that could uh, lend itself to some points for him. You know how it is in, in life. When you come up against the best and you actually have a great outing and you do awesome, and this is in sports, this is in anything in life. When you go up against a formidable opponent and you win and you do great things, and this can be in the office, this can be uh, with your students, your counterparts, for you personally as teachers, this for me it can be other you know, design shops, other projects, other bidding on a project and winning it uh, against a big-time shop, what have you. When you do that and, and, and personalize this and personify it for yourself, listeners, when you do that against the best and then you, you, you win and you come out on top, and the next operation or chance you have to do it is against a lesser opponent in the Steelers, this case, instead of, you know, the Jets, who Derek Carr manhandled. Um, you're going against the Steelers. You, in most cases, ride that momentum. You don't get lazy. You don't. You ride that momentum. So Derek Carr, I think, against the Steelers is going to light it up again. He's going to just keep doing what he's doing. And uh, I think the Steelers are going to light it up, too. It's going to be another one of those just ping-pong games. Yeah, I, I like the call. I like the call a lot. Derek Carr, he's been phenomenal. He's got four games this year, over 20 fantasy points. And uh, I think the Steelers are going to – Big Ben, he's got his receivers there healthy. Uh, he's going to be throwing it a lot without Lev Bell. And I think there's going to be – um, if it's going to be a close game for Oakland, Carr's going to have to throw. And he, he's shown that he can do it. He puts up a ton of attempts. He's very accurate. He's only been under 60% once this season. Um, and that was in that first game when he was banged up. He, he got injured. So you can't even count that. He only had 12 attempts. So really, he's always over 60%. One of the most accurate guys. He's got uh, three 300-yard games. He's got every game, if you throw out that first game, every game he's got multiple touchdowns except one. And, of course, who was that against? Denver. So Derek Carr is a great, great pick. I like that. My running backs, this is going to be no surprise to anybody, Freeman and Gurley. And uh, this leads me into, I didn't write much about Freeman and Gurley just because, you know, they're Freeman and freaking Gurley. But, one, I was able to get them on the same team in my DraftKings lineup, and it can be done, and I, I'm telling you, I'm loving my DraftKings lineup. But it really has to do with my steaming hot tip of the week. Um, when people talk about daily fantasy sports, you gotta, there are so many sites, you got to keep in mind which site you are talking about. And there's a definite difference. And we always talk DraftKings. They sponsor us, so I'm giving them my love. I, I play DraftKings. Uh, you got to go deep, though. And, of course, there are differences, and that's what people really look at. It's just the real easy differences to see. So I'm not talking about things like DraftKings is full PPR where FanDuel is half PPR. I'm not talking that DraftKings doesn't have a kicker, although I freaking love it. Uh, I'm not talking that DraftKings has a flex and FanDuel does not. Um, you know, other things, DraftKings gives the big bonuses. They give the bonus for the 300 passing. They give the three-point bonus for the 100 yards rushing and receiving. FanDuel does not. So we always say, right, 
know your league. So know where you're playing. If you're playing DraftKings, you're looking for guys that are going to be hitting it out of the park because they give the bonuses. But more than that, go to the values. So my two guys, I didn't write up too much about Gurley and Freeman. But on DraftKings, Freeman is 8000 That's 16% of your salary. Versus FanDuel, 8900 but he's only 14.8% of your salary. That adds up quick. Gurley, 6,900 on DraftKings. He's only 13.8% of your salary, below 14%. That's great. And on FanDuel, he is 15% of your salary. So you've got guys that say, hey, we're a draft or a, a daily fantasy show. You really need to be focused on one or the other. That's why here I'm often talking about DraftKings. That's the pricing I get. That's what I look at. That's what I recommend because there is a difference. So let's go with my Freeman Gurley look. If I'm going to play one of the two, and I still like playing both. I think you can definitely get away with it. But 16% of your salary for Freeman on DraftKings versus 14.8 on FanDuel, Freeman is clearly a better FanDuel play. Gurley, on the other hand, he's a better DraftKings play. So when you get your DFS knowledge, when you collect your podcasts and your info, make sure you're collecting the right stuff. It doesn't just translate to everything. I often talk about DraftKings. Uh, I, I look at percentages. I look at ownership. And I think that's what you have to look at too. So it goes well beyond just um, who allows a kicker and who who gives a, a point bonus. We're talking about percentages of uh, your total salary and where is a better play. And I love that's the way my hot steaming hot tip of the week. I love it. The last time I uh, had a steaming hot tip, I pulled it out of the wrong girl um, bareback. And uh, but we'll talk about that on the heavy where we got an extra that, three hours. That'll cost you twenty in, <laughs> in Mississippi. That'll be that. I only put it in forty uh, percent of the way of my of my length. Excuse me. Uh, all right, my guy is going to be Jeremy Langford. Uh, in we'll stick with the DraftKings for you. Four thousand this week. He's going against the team San Diego that allows the most points for the running to the running backs. We talked earlier on the show how I think he can explode and go deep uh, and and really make a big play out of it, which you get rewarded for on the DraftKings. It's not a big salary. And another thing that I like and it's fun. Um, this is probably weird, but with DFS, I like having and in general in baseball, I like having a guy on Monday night. So the fact that, yeah. you know, that you're going to be able to be at the end and hopefully sitting there in the top X percentage and you're like, wow, I'm one of the guys that's got Langford ready to roll here. That's kind of fun. It stretches on the, uh, the, the, the deal a little bit. I'm all about that. So Langford, Chicago guy, good situation. Cutler's playing well. In the, I think uh, the, the passing attack will be all right. And he's a good price, and he can he can break one. So I'm all for the opportunity Langford's got for owners. Yeah, I like uh, Langford as a contrarian play GPP because he could get a huge share of the carries. Now, it's not nothing's guaranteed there. We talked about Kadeem Carey, Anton Smith, but 
he could be in line for a big, big share of what's going to happen there. Lots of points to be had in that one versus uh, the Chargers. Remember one thing. I don't care whether he's healthy in one week, two weeks, or it doesn't come back this season. Matt Forte will not be on the Bears next year. They drafted Langford a lot higher right. than anybody anticipated. The Bears aren't going to the uh, playoffs. They're not playing for anything, really. they got to see what they got. Langford, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I think Langford's getting the lion's share. They want to see what they've got in this guy because uh, Fox is here to kind of fix things up, and there's going to be a lot of change between this season and next season. And uh, Langford's going to – he's going to get that opportunity. They get, they're going to test the waters with their their new toy. They're going to have to, right? That's what a good uh, organization does. And uh, if Langford hits it out of the park, he's going to most likely get the opportunity. This is going to be his uh, most valuable time to play him on DFS. Is going to be this week, granted that he has a successful outing. Wide receiver. I like some A.C. Cooper. Uh, he should face Antoine Blake. PFF only ranks four cornerbacks worse in coverage than Mr. Blake. The game script should call for Oakland to pass, as Pittsburgh is certainly favored to win. Um, Pittsburgh's starting safeties, they're a bit banged up, so I think Cooper could certainly take advantage of that. Uh, we saw him take advantage pretty much of some really good cornerbacks so far this year, including Revis Island. Uh, one guy who I am loving, who I've been kind of on and been waiting for him to, to, to score some touchdowns, and that's really what's bringing him down, is Demarius Thomas. He is going to have a game one of these times. 7,500 on DraftKings. Uh, seventh most expensive wide receiver. He's 15% of your total budget. In the last two weeks, he has made up 38 percent of his team's targets only four players have a higher share in the same time pff ranks him as the third best wide receiver number fire has denver down for a point projection total of 25.5 with the current over under 45 broncos are favored by five and a half that gives them an implied point total like i said of exactly 25.5 so they're going to have some points to be scored. You know Manning is looking to him first. Last week, the Cats saw 11 targets. And not talking stats here, but Manning is returning to Indy. I think that's going to boost him. He's coming off a great game last week. He's going to be well-received. I think he's going to ride that mojo. Um, I think it's going to be a high score. He's due and this could be the time. Demarius Thomas is 86 targets on the on the season. Only three players have more. He's had double-digit targets every single game except one. Now, Indy. Everybody says the second wide receiver versus Indy. And you know what, guys? That's been true. Except you got to dive deeper. It's been true. The second wide receiver has really taken it to Indy. Of course, Vontae Davis has been the reason. However, you got to look. There's a cat named Greg Toller. Greg Toller was, he's Indy's second corner. He's right there with Vontae Davis. Greg Toller went down in week one. 
Vontae started shadowing opposing the opposing team's best wide receiver from week one through week four. Shadowed him. And in week one through week four, that's when wide receiver number twos really shined. Toller came back in week five. Vontae Davis has not shadowed a wide receiver since. So, yeah, DT's going to see a bit of Vontae. But he's not going to be shadowed. Vontae's not going to shut him down like he's done to others, and he's going to get his share like other wide receivers have had their share of success against the lesser cornerbacks of Indy. Demarius Thomas is going to get his share of that. Uh, I, I really like this fact. I don't think a lot of people are realizing that. Uh, it all boils down to the fact that Denver has two exceptional wide receivers Vontae cannot shadow one with Toller. He just simply has not been shadowing one since his four-game return. And in those four games, Toller has given up over 100 yards to his wide receiver three different times. And he's going to be matched up with DT quite a bit. I am loving DT this week. I like it. I We did a uh, Ask Us Anything, a question and answer, a QA thing on for the Fantasy Pros. Yesterday, me, Dogmatica, and Stag Party, we answered, I mean, literally, it was from it was one hour. It turned out to be we answered questions for about an hour and 20 minutes. We must have answered 120 questions. Thank God a lot of them were about Eifert, and we went on the Eifert side for all of them. But a lot of people are targeting to either trade DT because of those lack of touchdowns or acquire DT because they think, that owners need other things, and DT isn't bringing that uh, touchdown angle, and and you can you can kind of squeak in. I like I, I like the guys that are kind of focusing and trying to pull off a DT uh, operation heading down because he, he's a beast. That that volume that you're gonna get, he's got a tough playoff schedule. There's no question about that. But one, he's gonna start scoring some touchdowns. Not like you're just sitting there and this guy's gonna only be a target and yards guy. I like what I like what you're calling there big time. I'll I'll name a couple dudes. I'm fully on, and so are all the pyro guys. Are fully on your um, Amari Cooper, uh, ACDC out the wazoo. He's he's just a great play. Martavis Bryant. I think the other side of that game, um, you know, Brown. I think he'll. I think everyone's gonna have a good game in that one. Uh, when it comes yeah. to receivers. And Martavis Bryant, when I think of a, a, a guy that could just kind of make some really, really big plays, especially going against that Raiders team that allows a ton of points to the wide uh, wide receivers, it's going to be a sh- shootout. I'm uh, I'm thinking that call uh, all the way through. Martavis Bryant, he is the player graphic on our DFS piece this week on Pyromaniac.com. And uh, he's just dynamic. I could see uh, him and Brown Bulls lighting it up this week. And that I, I could still see uh, the Raiders beating, the, beating them. I think it's just going to be a high-scoring game. It's going to be fun. Uh, another cool thing with uh, DFS, and again, you know, Demarius Thomas, I'm hearing you say he's got a rough schedule, SOS, towards the end of the year. Uh, keep in mind, DFS points it, though. One of the beauties of DFS, right? We're talking week by week. So this week, McManning's return home. One thing I like to do, I like to stack a running back with a defense. Because if a defense is doing well, their offense is going to be running the ball. 
I'd like to stack a quarterback with a wide receiver because if one goes off, the other is going to go off. I also kind of like to stack wide receivers that are opposing one another in a high-scoring game because if one quarterback's tossing a bunch, then the other quarterback has to fire back. Now, hang on, folks. Hang on, Pyromaniacs. I'm loving Demarius Thomas, but I'm also liking Moncrief, and I know, I know he plays Denver. So I'm not saying to play him in your cash games. Rewind a few podcasts ago when I talked about the difference between a contrarian play and a cash play. This is definitely a contrarian GPP play. But with Moncrief, they're going to have to throw if they're going to stay in the game, first of all. Uh, and games that are slated to be high scoring, you know, thought to be shootouts, I love, love, love playing both sides of the ball. Once again, Manning's return home to Indy. Uh, it's his last performance. If, any, if, if his last performance is any indication, this game script could really get out of hand, and Luck is going to have to retaliate. As mentioned, T.Y. Hilton did not practice today, officially listed as questionable. Plus, you got Philly Dorsett out. Leaves more balls to be had for Moncrief. Luck, he's in games Luck has played. Moncrief has scored a touchdown in four of the five. Last week was the first time that he failed to score a touchdown while Luck was under center. Moncrief is averaging eight targets a game. He's averaging even more, closer to nine, when it's just luck in there. I really think playing two wide receivers in the same game on the opposing side of the ball could be good. I realize Moncrief is playing a heck of a defense in Denver. But I really think he could get some points up on the board. And again, I'm not playing Moncrief in cash. I'm not playing him in a head-to-head. -head. I'm not playing him in a double-up. I'm playing him in one of the big GPPs where I'm looking to big get small ownership. I'm looking to get a guy that's not owned in a lot of leagues. And I think Moncrief, or in a lot of, uh, by a lot of guys, Moncrief is definitely going to be one of those. Moving on to the tight end position. I'm liking me some Heath Miller. HM is 2,700 on DraftKings. 19, 19 tight ends cost more on DraftKings. Now, Heath Miller plays the Raiders. You and I both know. You climb a mountain somewhere in Tibet, and the yogi's going to tell you to start your tight ends against the Raiders. Now, without Lev Bell... I think Ben is going to be looking for Miller. Miller's going to be running in the same area of the field that Lev Bell ran his out routes in, and I think Ben has a relationship with Heath Miller. It's going to be a good scoring game. He is a great, great play to save some money, 2700 You can spend it elsewhere, and at that rate, if you're talking times three, you know, that's what you're shooting for on DraftKings, I think Heath Miller can easily get that. I think he's going to score double digits. So even over times three. Liking me some Heath Miller as my tight end. Uh, any thoughts on tight end for uh, a DFS play, D-Rex? Uh, I don't know. Not really. I think I... Not really. 
the way so, the teams that you want to go against right now, uh, just in in DraftKings and points allowed, the ones that are doing great, as we mentioned earlier, or the ones that are doing terribly as a collective, are um, you know first tight end Giants are the easiest, the Oakland Raiders are the second easiest, Steelers are the third, uh, the fourth is the Falcons. And the fifth is the Seahawks. So if you can, obviously the Seahawks are on by, but if you can find a way to get a tight end against those ones, great. The ones that are doing the best are the Cardinals are the best against the tight end, or no, the fourth best, sorry. They used to be the worst, which is interesting. The easiest is the Chiefs. Second easiest is the Bears. Third easiest is going to be the Ravens. Which is weird. Uh, fourth is the Cardinals. Fifth is going to be the Redskins. So if you've got any tight ends that are going against those teams, just understand that they're pretty good against it so far. And is that coming from uh, Dogs SOS? No, this is every week in our daily fantasy piece. Stag Party does a DraftKings points allowed, and that's through the first eight weeks for DraftKings at that position. And uh, basically, he does it also for FanDuel. But in at the at bottom of that piece that we put out every Friday, we put it out earlier today, we did DraftKings, which is obviously PPR, and then FanDuel, which is half PPR. Points allowed against quarterback, running back, uh, wide receiver, tight ends. Actually, do it for the kicker and defense for FanDuel, but just for the defense for DraftKings. Really good way to look and uh, guys you pick the – you're going on a guy, and just based on the salary, you can look at it and compare it to this chart and say, wait, hold on. This guy's priced really well, but there's a reason because he's going up against a defense that really holds down that position. I love it. I love it. And uh, like you said, we uh, Pyro always coming out with new charts. Stags is just – he's like a rain man. He's always coming up with new charts, new ways of looking at – uh, he, he's got his Benjamin Franklin glasses. He's always viewing things in new ways and stuff pops out to stags that many people can't see. And, uh, gotta love him for being on our team. Quickly, uh, quickly, let me tell you two charts he gave me today that we're putting up on Pyro Pro. I actually tried to put them up today. It's a new feature where we can just put up a chart without it being an op-ed piece or without, it. it's just a chart in your dashboard. Uh, two of them he gave today and, uh, our development team is figuring out. It was stretching out the image that I posted today, but um, we're going to have that figured figured out by uh, tomorrow. Basically, the ones he sent me today were 2015 QB pass distribution. It's telling you about how many touchdowns uh, and the percentage of touchdowns from the QB running back, wide receiver, and tight end positions are. That's a sick chart. For each team. And yeah. then also team play call percentages. So basically we're seeing how many rush attempts, how many pass attempts, how many total plays, what's the percentage of the rush uh, versus the pass. And these are just charts that if you're a Pyro Pro member, will show up in your fantasy football resource toolbox as a chart that you can click on. But it will also be in your dashboard timeline, which is kind of your center space where everything that you – personalized for yourself will come together and um that's a new feature that we're allowing where we're going to be putting these charts not as just some a piece op-ed piece in the uh 
toolbox, but now we're going to have those charts on a regular basis popping up in your dashboard to help you get that. Uh, just that, you know, a lot of this stuff, sometimes over, over charting, over analyzing, over rain manning can backfire on you. But if you need that cog in the wheel, that one or two or a handful of things that make the difference, don't right. make anything the definitive reason. Oh, these guys are the, the give up the most points to tight ends. Of course, my guy's gonna get the most points from tight ends. Doesn't work that way. But when you're on the fence and it's A and B, and you're comparing one guy or another, and you go and you use this empirical data and you use these statistics, you check out these charts. They can really just point you in a uh, a dragon's lair way <laughs> with a little silvery silvery shine on the screen whether you should go right or left do i get the do i get the arkenstone when <laughs> i when i leave that am i the king under the mountain i don't know after all that a lot of times you just only see a skeleton and it's just the end frame of the of the lair Dude, I want to nerd out with a bunch of pyromaniacs one time. Just go to a, a brewery and throw down some cool charts and watch some fantasy. Because I just dig nerding out on, uh, you know, who, who's got the most touchdowns in the in, inside the opponent's five-yard line and just getting into that stuff. I love it. But I, like you say, sometimes you need that thing when you got two guys and you can't, uh, you know, do eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Those are some of the things that the pyro pros can get their hands on that can help them make that call. Uh, last little bit here, uh, we talked Heath Miller, great call for the, the tight end. Moving on to defense, uh, you know, Atlanta. Atlanta, Atlanta, second most expensive D on uh, DraftKings, 3400 There's a, certainly a reason for that, and the reason is that they're playing the white flag yielding waving 49ers uh there it's a rudderless ship there in san francisco uh they've got 49ers uh just shipped out their tight end of course they benched cappy for blaine gabbard as i said before this cat's got as many tight uh touchdowns as he does interceptions 49ers are bushless for the rest of the season not a good thing Hyde is questionable. Davis is doubtful. Anquan Bolden is questionable. They're uh, the third lowest team expected point total of the week. They're not even expected to score 20 points. I think Atlanta is going to take advantage of Blaine Gabbert and the three uh, running backs who they're trotting out there who have not much experience between them. Um, they're going to have a field day. I'm loving Atlanta's D. Now, uh, one last thing, unless you got well, a defense. I love it, I love it, I love it that I don't have to drink chocolate milks. <laughs> I love drinking and talking fantasy with you. And that, that whole, that whole uh, idea you had of nerding out, let's make sure that we're watching those games. You know, the, the, the new thing that's coming up is those arcade houses that actually have TVs. So basically there's a place in town here that's called Arc, um, HQ. And there's another one that I think is called Emporium. I like HQ more because it's closer to me. Uh, but they've got tons of video games that are free. Free video games. Oh. You don't have to put a quarter. You don't have to put in anything. There's no card. It's free video games. And obviously Did they're you? making money off the drinks. And they got great cocktail drinks. They got great uh, craft beers and bottling on tap. But this place, HQ, 
when you when we come in when you come into town in February and we do that whole uh, uh, round table Camp David for what we're gonna do for 2016, we should invite some of our pyros that are local or whatever to hang out there, drink with us, and play video games. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I will put odds. I'll put money on. It. I'll put I'll put my money where my mouth is. That when it comes to off road, that tr that try off road game where you're in the yeah. Off-road, I don't care who you are. If you're out there listening, put your money where your mouth is. I'll whoop your ass. There's not, I, there's no one that you know that can go deeper on screens at off-road than D-Rex. So let's watch football. Let's talk fantasy football. And I'm competitive mofo. I'm whooping your ass at off-road. I'm going to Gattaca the junk all night long. I'm going to get me some two- Playing, firing back at you, especially when they get to the bonus round. I know how to run that junk. I can do Pac-Man. I can do Miss Pac-Man. I don't even care. I'm just gender. I like it all. Bring me the bows. Bring me whatever. Just down with the ghosts. I'm all about it. And Val Faraday. I loved Ethan Hawke and, uh, and, Ju and Jude Law in Gattaca. I'm, I, I haven't seen the video game version of it. Giving you shit. You were talking about Galaga, not Gattaca. Oh, you got me. You got me. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I've gone a long way from David Johnson and uh, Duke Johnson to Gattaca and Galaga. So we're going to bring it almost to a close, ladies and gentlemen, with one little new piece that I'm adding. It's called What You Talking About, Willis? This is the crazy talk. This is a DFS play. If you've got just your, you reach in your pockets and you're finding lint. You're finding nothing but a little bit of cash left over. So I'm talking about bare minimum for running back, wide receiver. DraftKings, we're talking 3,000. Jaguars, wide receiver, Brian Walters. Brian Walters faces, again, he's league minimum $3,000. So obviously, this allows you to get the players you really want. You can upspend elsewhere. And all you're hoping for is a times three. So basically, you're shooting for nine points. I'm thinking Brian Williams can do that for you. He faces the New York Jets again. Brian Williams uh, basically is the third wide receiver. Uh, Lee is going to be questionable. I doubt he's going to go. They got the Allen squared there, and Walters is going to be the third guy. Facing the Jets, they give up the most yards to number three wide receivers, more than any other team. So he's facing the perfect defense for him to get some action. On a per-game average, the Jets give up 83.7 yards per game to non-number ones and non-number twos. That's approximately... 15 yards more on a per-game average than the second-worst team? That's a lot. Two games ago, Brian Walters received 12 targets. 12 targets in one game. Number fire. They have a net expected point total for the Jets at just over 26 and just over 21 for Jacksonville. So that game script calls for Jacksonville to be passing. On the season, PFF ranks Brian Walter as the 34th best wide receiver. I'm telling you, for $3,000, you can get a very unique roster construction, save you some money elsewhere, and 
as long as this cat can get you nine points, you are happy. And I'm telling you, against this defense, he's going to be able to do it. That's my what you talking about, Willis I love it. segment of the evening. That's good times. I'm going to have to uh, prepare for future Pyro Podcast lights. On my on your what you're talking about, Willis, is because I don't got another one. If I was going to throw something out out at you, it would be Cole Beasley. Why not? Yeah, Cole Beasley. They're going to need to get something done down there. My goodness, uh, their wide rec- or their running back who was catching out of the backfield, uh, Lang or um, Dunbar. He's wrapped up uh, for the year. They just sent the. Uh, Granny, granny pants is done. <laughs> the stinkiest underwear in the business. They sent him a packing. Christine Michael, uh, just you know, I'm a Michael truther, but I don't think he's got much between the ears. And Beasley ain't bad. They're gonna need to get some targets, and Beasley runs in the part of the field that I think can get some completions done. So that's not a bad call. And we got Brian back, who had no setbacks with his issue, and. You know, that that offense has essentially got nothing that you really need to worry about. I guess D-Mac you're a little worried about right now, but uh, yep. I could, I could see, see, see some things opening. But I like that. I'm going to tell you the truth. Walters is going to be in a lineup. Yeah, it's it's a good play for uh, the defense he's going up, up against. He's basically bumping up. Again, you got to keep. Keep your eyes posted. Become a Pyro Pro, and we will certainly let you know, but it's not looking like Marquise Lee's going to go. He's bumping up to number three, and he's against the best possible defense for a number three wide receiver to face. And again, once you put in a guy at that low of a limit, your roster construction, one, it becomes very unique, and that's great for GPP plays. And two, it opens up so many doors because now you can start uh, higher-end guys, that more higher-end guys than you were able to before. So having one guy, that, now I'm, again, he's not a cash play. He's not a guy I'm going to play in a head-to-head. I'm playing more traditional lineups head-to-head, but in GP, GPP in one of those million-dollar maker tournaments, that cat could be a golden ticket into Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, my friends. And uh, when you show up, bring me some boat drinks, and D-Rex and I will... Uh, have some IPAs and uh, laugh all the way to the fantasy bank. Well, it's nice that you referred uh, the Willy Wonka's golden ticket earlier. I, we're, I think of the Oompa Loompas whenever you do that. You're drinking the Oompa Zumpa or whatever over there. Oompa Loompa Licious. Oompa Loompa Licious. I mean, we got we got overly tanned. What, bronze, weird, purple eyebrow kind of people happening all over the place. Man, it's been a pleasure. I don't know if we're shutting this party down. I want to give you a high five. We are shutting this party down. We give you a high five across Skype, which is where we rock it. You're the man. Thanks for everything you do. Mo, you really uh, own this uh, Pyro Podcast light amongst a number of other things, and uh, I really respect you, buddy.
folks, from D-Rex and myself, Pyromaniac Mo. This has been a pleasure, and as always, you can catch us on the flip side. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 